Welcome to the Autobahn Country Club Podcast, where your host, club member John Graybeal, opens the doors to America's premier auto sports club. Now, here's John. Well, welcome everybody to the podcast. This week, we are going to be interviewing Formula Regional America's driver, Jordan Missick. Club member, radical champion, karting champion, well, the list just goes on and on. Jordan started at the club when he was just 17 years old. And the Audubon Country Club gave him endless seat time as he quickly excelled in carts and then radicals and cars. The club just offers so much in driving opportunities, and Jordan, he takes advantage of them all. The podcast first met up with Jordan along with his father, Jim, back in season one. I think it was show number eight, and we talked about uh, how he got started in racing and how the Mystic family got involved with the club. You can go back and catch that show uh, in the archives. In this show, we catch up with Jordan. We talk about his transition in his different driving cars and race series and how he uh, settled this year on the F3 race car with the Formula Regional Americas. Jordan and I also do a podcast together, and you can catch that podcast at Jordan Missick Racing. We do sometimes it's a weekly podcast. We just talk about his training and his equipment and different car handling characteristics and the different racetracks that he's going to. So you can also catch that at jordanmissigracing.com or just if you just simply Google Jordan Missick Racing, it'll come up in the YouTube channel where we post where we uh, post the shows. Uh, the podcast would like to announce a very special two-part in-depth interview coming up. This is the first time the podcast has done a two-part interview. So uh, mark your calendars. It'll be the last show in August and the first show in September. And, well, we were going to put this back in May, but the Indy 500 did not run in May. It's going to run on August 23rd. And the two-part interview is with Audubon Country Club member Bobby Rahal. We go all the way back to the beginning where Bobby grew up and talk about all the different cars. Well, we talk about his father a lot, about the, how his father was a race car driver and, and then how he got involved with it. Uh, we sat down with Bobby back in uh, winter in his garage, and it was it was a super, super opportunity for me to uh, sit down and interview him. I was there in 1986 when he won. Indy 500. Talk more about that in the next upcoming shows. Uh, when you see me around the club or producer Mark McFarland, please uh, let us know what you think of the show, any show ideas, any interviews you would like to have for the show coming up. We have a big weekend here coming up at the Audubon with a chase race on Friday, cart race on Saturday, and a couple GT races on Sunday. And now... Let's welcome Jordan Missick on the Audubon Country Club podcast. So, I'd say recording on your end. It does. Well, Jordan, this is the second time that we have the podcast has got to, uh, spend some time with Jordan Missig racing. The first time, a few years ago, we didn't know where this was going to lead, but wow, pretty incredible, huh? 
incredible i guess you can put it that way um but um no thanks for having me back on the podcast it's a uh, truly a pleasure to be back on uh with you john and uh talk some things with you again uh from last time we were about what two years ago i think was last time i was on so uh yeah it's good to be back yeah two <clears throat> two years ago i believe uh, season one uh we had your dad and you on and we talked a lot about your success at the time and now we're going to come back and talk to you about a different path of success, but pretty amazing success. That's um, in my humble opinion of of watching you become this superior race car driver. When we first met, you were a superior race car driver, so I guess I can't really, I guess really that was really the same. It's just a different a different path now than you were on a, a few years ago. Yeah, it was the learning stages back then, you know. Uh, just learning the ropes and everything it was just kind of getting an introduction into true motorsports because at the time you know i didn't know what i was going to do yet um i didn't know this was even remotely a thing to where we're at right now so um yeah it was just kind of testing the waters and uh just kind of seeing where you know this could possibly lead and turn out to be uh you know a bigger picture for us yeah i guess we should probably go back uh, a little bit. So, and, and maybe start at the beginning. There's a little background. I, I probably should tell you, you know, last week or last episode, we interviewed Chris Kemp, who I've known for 30 years. And I like to go into interviews. Like the first time that you and I sat down together a couple years ago, I didn't know anything. So I, I started at the beginning. Hey, what day were you born? What was the weather? You know, those things like that. And however, uh, Chris and I have this long relationship and you and I have this long relationship, not 30 years. However, we do do a somewhat weekly podcast, a video podcast, where uh, the Mystic Performance Group podcast, where we talk about weekly, sometimes exactly what you're doing on the racetrack and training in and out of the car. So I have a pretty good idea of where you started and where you are now, but I'm not sure if all the listeners do. Yeah, and no, and that's the thing too as well. You obviously you've me been uh, talking quite a bit over the past couple of year, I'll say, um, with our pod, the MPG podcast that we and you both do. Um, which for listeners who haven't heard, it is a weekly podcast that I basically discuss racing, training, and different types of uh, scenarios that happen in racing, and just kind of go into detail and go in depth on explaining what each part of it means or what it's like. The um, definitions of it all so that way everybody gets an understanding it's kind of a basic introduction into motorsports and the type of different scenarios no but for me um you know i always raced sim racing back then in the day um so i was got my start into racing basically through a computer or like an xbox i'd say um racing video games and everything online versus people around the world and just kind of got into sim racing that way um and was probably doing that from 2011 to about 2016, I would say, 2015, 2016. Um, and then from there, that's when we joined the Audubon, and that's when I got my start into carts uh, back in 2016, running the Margay Ignite series here and um, doing a little bit of the travel races as well. Um, but that was the travel race series started to come in fruition in 2017, and then 2018 was the year we went ahead and did the full Ignite Challenge Series with Margay um, went on to win the championship that year. And then that was also the year 
when I finally got to get introduced into cars, which was with Team Stradale racing here at the Audubon and with Radical Sports Cars. Um, so I got to jump into uh, my dad's Radical SR3 um, here at the Audubon and just kind of get an introductory level to it, um, get accumulate, accumulate, accumulated with the car, excuse me, and then just understand how to drive it and all. And then about 2018 is when, or oh, end of 2017 is when I did my first race in the Radicals. And then 2018 was my first season here at the Audubon. And then that's the year we also um, brought in our horizons to go race the Nationals Radical Series um, with the Radical Cup. Um, we did two races, which was at Watkins Glen and Laguna Seca um, that year. And then we decided to nosedive, I'll say, into the Radical Cup season in 2019 and do the full entire season to see what could get me racing-wise. Um, did that. Uh, went to six different awesome, awesome tracks around the country. Um, and then from there, was able to finish second in the championship. And now we moved on to 2020, which obviously has been a pretty interesting season for us. But we jumped into a Formula 3, Formula Regional America's car. Yeah, so we we often talk about the uh, an introductory to racing at the Audubon Country Club, and you are, for lack of a better word, the the um, a a plan. Someone could follow your plan. I mean, you you have done it. You've went from uh, just sim racing at home uh, to kart racing to car racing to traveling car racing, all with Audubon. Uh, program type, I guess we'll say. So mm-hmm. now we're you're 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 reaching out and you're traveling with this with this big series F3 Americas in Formula Racing, and you're 22 years old, right? Correct. Yeah, only 22. Yeah. 22 years old. So for the listeners out there that are young, or for the parents of of young listeners, this is one way to move right on up the ladder of racing, uh, starting with, you know, the cart, the cart series at the club. And that's when we first met, uh, you were at the car track all the time back 2017, 2018, uh, experiencing tremendous amount of, of success on the road with the ignite challenge, which is no joke of a race series. That's a, uh, the Marga ignite karting traveling series, if you will, you, you won the champ. How many times have you won the championship, the karting championship here at the club? Um, I won. I'm a three-time champion here at the club. So 2016, 2017, and 2018 were my three years. <clears throat> and and you took that practice, the amount of practice that you could get at the club all the time. Took that on the road to this traveling race series and w- won it the first year. You you did the whole series, right? Yeah, so 2018 was the first year we just decided to go ahead and do the full series. We'd always did the um, Ignite Challenge race when they came to Audubon, uh, which started back in 2017. So we always did that race. Um, but to go to all the different tracks uh, that Margate went to, which was in 2018, yeah, that was the first year. Um, we First and only year, I'll say, we did the full um, Ignite program. And, yeah, we were able to come on top as the champion. Yeah, and that that was one thing that that my family, uh, listeners of the podcast, know. We're a family of four Carters. Uh, my my son's very um, determined in the kart racing department, all racing departments. But uh, 
he he started out in carding and he looked at you and and you bent over backwards to to help us and your dad really mentored our family and to encourage us to go out and and travel around and that's and and I I'm fortunate enough that when people generally give me advice I I listen to it there's not too many times in my life that I haven't listened to it and your dad said hey go out and run this race and so we did and then he said go out and do this and we did that mm-hmm. <laughs> um and it was tremendously beneficial for us not only uh racing experience but learning me as a dad as a carter slash coach car owner sponsor whatever you're going to call me and then my son as as a racer and a mechanic and that was one thing that really set you apart i think at the track is your unwavering help and 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 ability to give us all the time in the world to answer every one of our questions and there was thousands and there's still thousands of questions but you you bent over backwards for the Graybill family, but not only us, but I mean, anybody who needed help, that was one thing to me that, that really set you apart is your graciousness and, and your ability to help and to effectively communicate. You know, it's one thing to say, Hey, go out. Yeah. You just need to drive faster. Um, it's one thing to say that. And, uh, another thing to say, you know, you're breaking too early into the turn one or, or your apex is, is off by two feet. And here, not only that, so you identify the problem, a, a race problem specifically, but then you give us, well, here's what you do. Every time you go into that turn, you know, break later and later, you know, one foot later, one foot later until you can't break anymore, you know, <laughs> and you're, you're, you're able to, to communicate effectively, not only the, the car handling, the, the setup of the car, but the driving and, and the particulars of that. And I, I don't think everybody can't do that. I mean, you, you could be a great, you know, MMA fighter, but that doesn't mean you're going to be a great MMA coach. Exactly. And, you know, that kind of, that's something I've kind of taken into strive and consideration as well, you know, as what uh, for me is, you know, to kind of use what I've learned in my, like my experience myself, and then try to implement what I've learned to others as well, to maybe who want to be someone not like me, but like any other professional race car driver just like wants to move up in the racing world. You know, this is a way that could be possibly made, you know, it could be either through me or it could be any other mentor. I mean, this is kind of the way any mentor or any coach has gone through it. They've gone to the school of hard knocks like I have, um, and I'm still going through it. You know, I'm definitely, you know, I know a lot of knowledge, but I'm still not, you know, capable of like coaching, like people who are going to be in a series higher than me or like people who are in a series with me, you know, I'm still going through the whole realm, but for people who are, you know, learning through carts, going through the young steps and going through the beginning level. Yeah. I can kind of throw my experience cause I've been through that done it and everybody else is going to be going through it as well too. So I can kind of shed my light a little bit, give a little bit of tips in there. And you touched on a good point too, of how going through the travel series has kind of helped a lot. Um, that's kind of where we learned all of our, secrets that's kind of where we learned all of our speed how to race the race craft itself it's all come through racing outside at the autobahn now don't get me wrong racing at the autobahn's a good starter point that i would promote this as well as like this is a good place to kind of get your feet wet get into racing understand the forms of racing and then you hone your skills here so that when you're ready to go race in the travel series you know what you're doing you're already going to be running up with the fast guys and you're going to be going into the race already knowing what to expect rather than just going in cold turkey or blind as can be and not know what to expect so i I think the Audubon has been really good job here to 
you know, get a beginner level going for some of these kids to be on, on, understand the realms of racing. So when they go out into the real world and go into the real tracks, they could be running up front, representing the Audubon very well. And not only that, but going for podiums, even wins. Yeah, it's, it, it, it has been tremendously helpful for us and, and we've just enjoyed it. I mean, we just, we went to a big race this past weekend, us and some, some of the other Audubon families went and it, it, it was just, it was really enjoyable. The, and that, that would not have happened, you know, and I give the Mystic family tons of credit for that. You know, it's, it's everybody on your side has been helpful and, and, and coaching and mentoring us. And, um, the karting was just a great place, I think, for you to start. And then from there, I mean, I, I, I think the story goes, you jumped in a, a Miata a couple times. Is that right? Before you jumped in the Radical, is that how you got around the track a couple times, the, the big track? Yeah, no, I and back in 2017, I, uh, came straight from carts. I wanted to jump in straight into the radical, but my dad kind of had to pull the leash back a little bit and say, no, let's, uh, let's not jump straight into the radical just yet. Let's try to jump into the little something, uh, you know, not as fast, um, not as dangerous, I could say, but, uh, just to get used to it. So yeah, I got to jump into a Miata, did a couple of Miata races back in 2017 here at the club. And then, um, was able to do, well, I want to say three races where, um, the first race I wasn't able to finish due to mechanical issue, but then the second and third race I podiumed and got a first and second. Yeah. You, you, you enjoyed some, some quick success there in, in the Miata also, but your sights were pretty much set on radical racing and that was all done. You worked with team Stradale from day one, right? For, for everything to get going with those guys. Yeah, um, the guys, I had a good relationship with them coming through um, as a young and coming uh, rookie, I should say. So, you know, they were able to give me all the uh, tips and tricks, kind of went through the school a little bit there um, to understand how to drive the cars. Um, so was went through the school, understood how to drive them, and then eventually was just clicking laps off here and there just to kind of get myself up to speed. So then when I went for my first race here with the radical guys at the club, I was uh, somewhat of a mid packer, um, but I didn't want to be the last person. So I wanted to be up to speed by the time I got to my first race and knew what I was doing. Yeah. And that, and that was, uh, we enjoyed watching you. I mean, that's, that's one thing I'd encourage everybody to do is go over and watch the races and watch the podiums and, and get to know people and, and just introduce yourself. If you're a newer member and you don't know really what's going on on the, on the race series side, that was pretty exciting. And what was the first, did you always, as soon as you jumped in the radical, did you always say, Hey, I want to start traveling with the radical. I want to go out and I want to, I want to start, you know, experiencing other tracks. Is that something right away? Or did you, you just kind of feel, well, let me just get in the radical and see what happens. It was kind of in the back of my mind, you know, I kind of started working a little bit at team Stradale a little bit. So I was kind of understanding the car a little bit more and understanding what it all does. And at the time, that was when most some of the drivers would go do some of the travel races. So I knew that the travel races were there, but I never really had um, full on intention on doing any travel races until I got my skill level. And I felt very comfortable with the car at first here at the club. So my first year in 2017 was all about getting used to the car. And then once we got some races under our belt in 2018, you know, we then that's when the idea started to float in about going to do some travel races with some of the groups because I wanted to go to all these different tracks and I felt like my skill level here at the club was good enough to maybe go challenge some of these guys at the travel races. 
Yeah, and challenge you did. What was the first radical traveling radical race that you did? So the first traveling radical race I did was back in I forget what the month was. I know it's 2018 for sure, but I think it was like August or something. We went up to a uh, Watkins Glen International Raceway up in uh, New York. Oh wow! And and was that was that uh, intimidating at all? Let me say, let me, um, let me word it like that. Was that, was it intimidating to get to another track or you just, you were just focused and ready to go? I was excited to go to Watkins Glen because, you know, Watkins Glen has known to be a very fat, it's a very fast track for sure. Um, I saw, you know, my parents probably were a little bit nervous and seeing uh, when they went <laughs> on a track walk without me, um, noticing all the guardrails and how close the uh, walls were. Um, but that's, you know, that's apparent understanding the nerves and, uh, what can possibly go wrong? But um, no, me as a driver, I wasn't thinking any of that. I was thinking about having a, a good time up here. I had no idea what my skill level was going to be compared to others. But uh, obviously, I had the mentality of wanting to come in here and do very well, you know, come in with the win. Everybody, most of the, some of the radical guys knew what kind of talents I had, but they had never really truly knew what kind of talents until they really got to see it there at Watkins Glen. But um, no, Watkins Glen was a track I was really looking forward to and uh, would be wanting to go back there soon. Um, but, you know, looking for racing series to have to go back there, unfortunately. But the run I'm in is not going. Yeah. So uh, d d had you sim raced that that track quite a bit before you got there? Yeah. So practicing, practicing, practicing on my sim rig um, just to make sure I don't go out there on my first session and throw it in like a wall or something. So was um was practicing a lot on the sim trying to understand the track understand where we can push where we can't and uh i caught on to it pretty quickly um so the sim definitely helped so when we got to Watkins Glen, i was able to be quick when we got on the track for the first very first time i think i was the fastest 1340 on the track second fastest overall so that was a shock to everybody for sure but more of a shock to me to go on us to just you know <laughs> kind of come off the trailer and just show up and be the second fastest. Wow. Yeah. That, I'm sure that was pretty exciting. And so you, you know, a couple races that year and then last year, the blue marble cup was the sponsored radical national radical race. I think mm -hmm. it's 10, 10 different locations. Is that true? Is that correct? Six, six different locations, 18 races that they do. Yeah. So they race. Oh, so three times a weekend. Correct. <clears throat> and uh you go and then tear up that tear up that series pretty well i mean toward the end of the year last year we were able to watch you live uh broadcast live racing i remember we watched uh circuit of america down in uh austin we watched that live what was i'm trying to remember what other there's a couple live races that we got to watch sebring not sebring um the one in california i think we watched that one too didn't we yeah, the Sonoma one, Sonoma, Sonoma race. Yeah, yeah, that was the, I think that was live as well. But yeah, no, the Radical Cup season for us, you know, we got off to a little bit of a slow start. Um, you know, we were kind of still. I was getting used to a different engine, so I graduated from the 1340 in 2018 to a 1500 motor this year. Which you know, the only difference between the two motors is that it's a, the 1500 produces a little bit more power. So when you're applying the throttle, it has a little bit more pep in its step. Um, so you just got to be smoother when applying the throttle and not mashing the gas like you would with a third 1340. Um, so with that, you know, it was a different car, different experience that I had to kind of accumulate to. And then the first two rounds, 
Motorsports, which were at VIR and Barber Motorsports Park, I um, I just took those two events to kind of try my best, but we just got off on the wrong foot. Um, we're putting in the results that we wanted to, but then once we got to Road America um, in like last July, I want to say, or June, excuse me, um, that's when I got my first win, and that's when I started to kind of get used to the car, starting to understand it a little bit more. And then once we got to Portland, um, that was another win for us, and that's when we really started to hit our stride. After Portland, we went off to uh, Sonoma, and when we had swept the weekend there, coming away with three wins, and then we went to Coda, Circuit of the Americas, and then went ahead and won two out of three races to finish the season off with seven wins, 13 podiums, and 18 races. Yeah, it's t- tremendous success. And and was it toward – now, that, <clears throat> there was also some other opportunities, I think, last year, right, to race a few different cars, that, uh, test a few different cars. So s- some of the race teams saw your success, and, and they invited you to, to run with them. Was there a couple – testing sessions i think that you went to i know for one for sure i'm thinking of in my mind but uh was down in florida and i think was it was it sebring or homestead um homestead, homestead miami homestead yeah and you went down there and jumped in a brand new a brand new car and and won yeah so it, it was towards the end of 2018 it was we were asking like you know, if once we're done with Radical, where would be the next step? Because um, we had no idea what was going to happen with my racing career. But we, after this, the whole Radical Cup season, we kind of saw the success I had, the kind of pace I was producing. So we wanted to look for other options to maybe see what do we want to do outside of Radical Cup. Because Radical Cup itself is, I will say, it's a good, nice gentleman racing series. It's a very good series to be a part of just to like – for a person like me or like a person that's coming through out of karting, it's a good stepping stone series. It's not too serious of a series, but it's a good series to where you can learn the car, learn how to drive, learn how to race. And you get a whole bunch of track time uh, compared to where if you were to go like to some maybe open wheel series like a USF 2000 or an F4. A lot of these races that I've seen with those two uh, series have been run under like a lot of yellows or you're getting a lot of guys who kind of jump into carts and sometimes they don't know what they're doing and they're just out there wrecking a lot so i to me felt like the radical cup was able to get me a lot more track time a lot more car experience and a lot more racecraft and driving experience to be able to implement to go to different series so at the end of 2019 last year we were looking for a different series outside of radical where we can go for the next step as a racing career well we got in some um we had some uh, people kind of di- turn us in the direction of maybe going into an lmp3 car since the radicals kind of like a super light IMSA, IMSA sports prototype sports car so the next step we thought would be an lmp3 um so we went ahead and down to homestead miami uh, at the end of october last year and went ahead and tested a lmp3 legier uh legier oh, excuse me not legier Danetta chassis um, so we did a LMP3 Janetta down at Homestead and we were able to win um, a 30 minute race, a one hour race, and then a three hour enduro race. Yeah, pretty pr- pretty incredible. So the so the, uh, just real quick for our listeners, so the UFS 2000 or the F1600, they're both a Mazda Formula Car traveling series race. Um, yes. And an LMP is a Le Mans prototype, so it's a Le, uh, 
a kind of car that you would see racing the 24 hours of Le Mans. This one happened to be a, a closed cockpit, cool looking car. I don't know what else to say, but it's one of the cars you might see at Le, at Le Mans. Uh, so there's different LMP, so Le Mans prototype, different levels of those, and that's what uh, that's kind of the car that you were you you were testing in down there and had unbelievable ex- you know success right off the bat. And uh, so so after that after that experience, um, so it, it was uh, I guess kind of if I can sum it up like this, you were looking for at the time last year you were kind of ex- dipping your toes in the water of, of sports car racing. Um, uh, and that is usually like, well, it could be a factory car, like a, a, a Porsche or Audi or Mercedes type cars or these, these, these prototype type cars, but it was more, uh, sports car, uh, type racing. How did, how did the coming back to the the Formula Three is a another Formula car uh, with a Honda en- engine is kind of where you end up. And there's there's two. There's a Formula Four and a Formula Three. Uh, Formula Americas is the race series. And so so how, why the switch from the from the sports car type racing to the Formula car racing, or how did that come about, or how how did you how did you guys determine that's a direction you're gonna you're gonna go this year? This is a common question I've been asked a lot um, recently. From how do I go from sports cars to an open wheel? Um, uh, the real, the real, summing up, you know, the only reason why we try to go for a um, the sports car right is because, you know, racing all these radical sports cars, it was the only thing I really know how to drove, drive back then um, in 2019 last year. It was the only thing I've driven um, in a car wise. So I thought, you know what, let's take the next step up this ladder to see where we think because that's that's the only logical thing we just were thinking let's move up the ladder let's see where this goes so the first goal was to maybe race in um in imsa the WeatherTech sports car series and do the dpi series uh try to get up to a daytona prototype as a factory driver that was the first goal um it was about earlier this year i was looking at an opportunity to do another race in that Geneta down at uh, sebring and it was going to be a six hour enduro um I was all set up, ready to do it. Um, we had to look for a second driver, and we found one. And then, unfortunately, right before we were going to commit to it and turn our money in to do the whole race, the guy, unfortunately, dropped out and went ahead and raced over in the U.K. in another LMP3 series. Um, he said that, I guess, there was a better opportunity over there for him as well. So that kind of was a wake-up call to me to say, you know what, when it comes to sports car racing – it's mainly a two driver team. So mm-hmm. not only that I have to put a lot of my performance and my, like I'm putting a lot of trust in my performance on another driver to do well, to show that we're doing good. So, you know, I could be doing exceptionally well. And then some other guy goes in the car and then puts in the wall and the next thing you know, we're, we're done for the day. And whatever I did basically meant nothing. Um, so, you know, that was kind of a hit home to me to realize you know, this is what I would be doing the whole rest of my career if I was to do IMSA. So I was like, well, I don't want to have to have my career rely on someone else to commit to do a racing series with me. So I went ahead and said, you know what, let's look for other options that maybe I can dictate myself. So then that's when we started to look at single seater programming. Um, 
we started to look at different series. We started to look at a USF 2000, uh, maybe starting up there because that's the beginning stages of an open wheel car. And me and coming straight from radical sports cars had no open wheel experience at all. So we did some tests earlier in the year in open wheel. And then I was fortunate enough to go down to PRI, um, which is a show down in Indianapolis, a motorsport show with Francesco, who was with Team Stradale, um, my team principal from last year. And when we went down there, I met with a guy named David Cooper, who is the sales and marketing director of Legier, um for the F3 series. And I talked to him a little bit about the car. He explained to me uh, all the cool features with the car. And then he gave me a little insight that the um, at the end of the season for the F3 series, that the 2020 champion would get a scholarship to run in Indy Lights. And as soon as I heard that, my eyes lit up and I thought I had to take this opportunity and go for it because who knows if I ever get an opportunity like this ever presented to you again. So you just got to throw your hat in the water and try to go for it and uh, name in the hat. I should say throw your name in the hat and try to see if you get picked or, you know, something ha- uh, beautiful happens out of it. So, you know, we decided to go on the F3 series and uh, that's how we got involved. And honestly, this is an opportunity that we couldn't pass up. And, and this is we're so grateful that we were able to do this opportunity and we're able to run in the FR America series because honestly, this is a good series to be a part of. I truly have loved this way the series has been ran, um, all the different tracks and the different competitions that we're going through. Um, so it's nice to finally get our toes dipped into a uh, rank of professional racing. Yeah, and so that that well, of course, this year started off in a uh, not in a bang, that's for sure. So uh, when you did, finally did, you know, get the car and get get settled in, there was a few testing days, but the series kind of started in the virtual world this year. Uh, an, an actual series ran, um, you know, when we couldn't get out to the racetrack, but you were able to at least get on some of the tracks virtually and, and you ran how, how many races did you run kind of virtually before the track started opening up yeah we did about i want to say six to seven races with this uh, fr america's online championship and it was a kind of a good way for the series to kind of get themselves a little bit of promotion and camera time during this whole pandemic when it first started and it was a good opportunity for uh, um some of the drivers like myself to kind of get introduced to some new personalities or like or and what like the culture is like maybe some time of the weekend or how to drive or what their driving styles are like so it was a good opportunity to get to know some of the future competitors that i was going to be going up against but it was also a good promotional aspect for some of these teams to you know this is the time where all these racing series were just now in getting in themselves introduced to online sim so obviously none of us were going to be as quick as we probably are on, on the real tracks or as good. We're just kind of taking right. this as a fun, nice and easy um, relaxation time and just kind of, you know, not take it so serious. But, you know, at the same time, we kind of had to take it a little bit serious because there were some prizes that the series was putting on the line for us. So obviously we all wanted those kind of prizes and a chance to go for it. So we took the chance and uh, took our time with it and we had a good time doing it. But at the same time, we uh, got a good experience out of it. Yeah, that's uh, we've been we've been watching. Of course, the car is awesome. Uh, if uh, just to mention again about your uh, the MPG podcast, where you talk about everything racing from you know what kind of equipment do you 
you know, your personal equipment to use from the shoes to the to the uh, race suit and helmets, uh, how the car performs, how the car works, and and video of the car, so you can see exactly what the F3 is and uh, learn a lot more about the F3 and a lot more about your driving. And we'll toward the end here, we'll let everybody know how they can they can subscribe to that youtube channel or and get notifications and everything but that that is one way one way to find out exactly how this how this series works the one well there's several great things about the series it's using the honda motor uh which is the same motor that's um the same race motor that is a four-cylinder motor the same race motor they're putting in the uh civic type r right made over in ohio correct yep correct it's the same motor that would be placed in a honda civic type r uh, which is a fantastic, awesome motor. And Honda also makes uh, the motors for the IndyCar. Now, that's I'm assuming that's not the same motor, right? <laughs> oh, no, it's not the same motor, but that's kind of the uh, part of the scholarship that they kind of released this year for the 2020 champion of this FR America series is that, you know, since it is powered by Honda, Honda has obviously given reached out for the scholarship and whoever was to win the champion would get the scholarship ride, I believe, with Andretti, who is also a Honda team. But yes, they Honda wanted to cur- try to create a program and a ladder system to where you could go from Formula Regionals with a Honda motor to Honda and Andretti to maybe even Honda IndyCar. Yeah, so the yeah, so you get a, a, a scholarship. The winner of the F3 Americas gets a scholarship for is it Indy Indy Lights? Is that right? Yes, Indy Lights, correct. Yeah, um, into into Indy Lights, uh, which is pretty pretty incredible. And but the Indy Lights series, one of the challenges this year is the Indy Lights is not running this year due to. Um, all the restrictions. So some of those drivers have came over and actually are running in the F3, F3 series with you, correct? Yes. Yeah, so it's definitely made this uh, season a little bit more challenging in terms of, you know, getting some race wins or even getting some podium finishes and collecting points to go towards the championship in that regard. Um, so we had about maybe four to five Indy Lights drivers come from Indy Lights over into our series to compete with us. And, you know, they've all we, we knew they were going to make their presence known and they sure have. But it's been really good for a guy like me and some other guys in our series to get the experience to race against some of these Indy lights drivers, because, you know, if we're going to, if we're really true, it's really a good true test to tell us if we're ready for Indy lights. Um, because, you know, if you get in the championship and you're going up against Indy lights drivers, that just proves that you're ready for the next step to go into Indy lights. And you'll be racing against some of these guys again in their cars this time, instead of, uh, the cars that you're in. Right. And uh, so how many races have have you had so far this year? So so far, we've currently have completed eight races. Um, We're halfway through the season. We've done eight out of the 16 races, two at Mid-Ohio Sports Car Course, three at VIR, Virginia International Raceway, and then just recently three at Barber Motorsports Park. Okay, yeah. And you've had some success, right? Yeah, no doubt. Um, We... The first weekend at at uh, Mid Ohio, we were expecting myself to be, you know, just complete the race, just kind of very simple tasks, very simple goals, just to kind of get used to the car, complete all the laps, and then run as best as we can. Yeah, we weren't expecting to finish the race at sixth. 
um, just outside of a top five, let alone a top 10. Um, right. Yeah. So for my first race in the series, I really made an impact and everybody in the grid, were, were, they weren't expecting us. Let's just say that to say the least. Um, so they come off the truck and be fast and then be able to, you know, make an impact on the grid and the rest of the paddock and even the series itself, let alone was a success in our book and really made the team happy, really made everybody else happy to be able to see what kind of success we were able to roll into mid Ohio with. Yeah. And then, yeah, so some, some, some great racing there. And so what's your best, uh, your best finish so far is, yeah, my best finish so far was at VIR. We were able to finish third on the podium um, in my third race in this series. So that was a very nice way to be able to get a podium finish already this early in the season. Um, not even at the halfway point yet. And I was I honestly wasn't expecting myself to get a podium this early, at least, let alone the third race. So <laughs> to get a podium this early has been uh, something special for me so far. Yeah, pretty we were definitely excited. We were, I think we were kart racing that day. And that's something that you still do. You still get out and you still come down when you have a day off from Formula Three racing or training or practicing. You come down and you race carts with us and you've had still great success racing carts with us down at the Autobahn kart track. Uh, you still raced a couple radical races. So your involvement with the Autobahn Country Club is still full swing. It's not you, you've just been adding other things to your race program, which is pretty incredible. Uh, you're going to be a senior this year. Is that right? In yeah, college, I'm going to be, be a senior in yes. college. So I'm still going to school at the University of San Francis, which is in Joliet here, about 15 minutes away from the racetrack. Um, so still going to school there, getting a communications degree media arts degree um there so I'll be a senior this year while also balancing formula regionals racing as well as racing at the club and 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 all the other things that you do that, that go along with racing which again you know click over to the to the mpg podcast and you'll get that there's one one thing that was really cool this uh, uh end of last month was racer.com had a full article on you uh the article's entitled uh, entitled Audubon Country Club Full Throttle Family and what a great name uh, it's got some great pictures of the F3 car and uh, awesome picture view uh very focused sitting in the in the cockpit of that incredible car so wh- what were you thinking of that how was that doing that doing that interview for that I mean that's a big deal right getting some press like that that's awesome it's pretty incredible yeah, it was a very uh, special occasion for us and a very big deal for us. And I can't thank uh, Kren Cunningham enough uh, and the rest of the Audubon management, Tim O'Donnell and the rest of the Audubon management staff for um, being able to help us and get this uh, promotion opportunity for us and for the club itself um, to help us with this all whole thing. So you got to thank um, all those guys as well. Um, but the club itself, you know, it was really the article was about how the club has turned me from, you know, a person who's just want to get in the carts just for fun, just this race because I like to race a lot into the turning into possibly a young up and coming professional race car driver. So it kind of gives you the ins and outs of what the whole entire country club has to offer, whether it's racing, whether it's driving track day cars or just for entertainment aspect or for the social aspect of the whole club. 
to really show that it's a true country club and not just, you know, some motorsport complex, which it is. I'm not going to say it isn't. It is. But it's just not like some motorsport complex that you would just see um, in like a city or something. You know, it's a true country club that everyone wants to be together, enjoys and the all racing enthusiasts that enjoy the exact same thing and just want to share the um, the enthusiasts of it all with one another. Yeah, the articles articles were real, real well done, and you're you're right. It the the club is is many many things to many people, and it's not always the same for everybody. It's not just to come out here and, and race. There's so many more things to do. Really enjoy that. So if someone would like to find out more, which we hope everybody does, find out more about Jordan Missig Racing, how can they do that? You can always go to my Facebook page. It's at Jordan Mystic Racing on Facebook. You can look at my Twitter, which is at Jordan M Racing. So it's a capital J and Jordan and then a capital M capital racing. Um, or you can go to Instagram, which is Jordan.Missig.Racing or view my website at jordanmissigracing.com or we can go check out the mpg podcast like you mentioned earlier on youtube all you have to do is just type in jordan missig racing or jordan missig i should say on youtube and it should pop up with all the videos of the, and episodes of the previous mpg podcasts uh, for you guys to watch and if you want to get more of those episodes you can just hit the subscribe button there and then hit the bell notification button so that way you can get a notification of whenever every episode gets released onto youtube yeah, uh, Jordan Missig. Missig is spelled M-I-S-S-I-G. Correct. You can reach out yes. there. We, <clears throat> I'm sorry? I said correct, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, and <clears throat> uh, get in contact with, with Jordan. Uh, Jordan Missig Racing has some awesome shirts, hats, uh, sponsorship availability, so you can reach out You know, there and then from there, you know, if, if any of the listeners are interested in sponsoring you or taking a, a bigger role or a, a role in in supporting your racing career, that is just on fire right now. And I I surely love our opportunities to get together once a week for our ten minute video podcast where I get to learn more about racing, more about you, more about all the opportunities in racing, and a chance to get involved in my little world here of Jordan Missy racing, which has been a, uh, a joy and a, and a wonderful learning experience for me. That's for sure. Yeah. I think uh, I can't thank you enough to John for being a whole supporter of the whole missing racing, uh, Jordan Missy racing foundation, I should say. And, um, you know, being a part of helping me promote myself through the MPG podcast and everything like that. So can't thank you enough as well as, um, yeah, the shirts and everything, hats and shirts are all for sale and everything. Um, you just need to contact Jordan Missy racing and we'll send you all the info on how they get involved with us as well. Yeah. I think some things, and we've touched on little bits and pieces as the podcast goes on, you know, and I think the one thing that really, to me, sets yourself off, I, I do talk to lots of, race car drivers and potential race car drivers. And as we're investigating, you know, uh, pre some pre-interviews and some research, you know, on who we're going to have on the podcast and, you know, your ability to communicate, you know, what's going on with the car directly to your engineers and your race team, your coaches and your, you know, ability to be such a great 
spokesperson for you know your sponsors i think that that really does again set yourself out you can drive you can communicate you can support your sponsors uh you work hard i mean all the all those things i think you you fill all the checks and all the boxes for anybody that's that's looking to to support a driver or get that driver um you know in an indie car someday how about that I'll just say it right there. I, I want you in an Indy car sooner than later. <laughs> I, well, I, I love to hear it because I love because that, that's what I want to do. Obviously, you know, I'm part of the package, you know, I'm part of the whole thing. So thank you so much. That's I appreciate that a lot from you. All right, Jordan, we will talk to you again probably next week on the MPT podcast. And thanks for coming on the extended version here at the Audubon Country Club podcast. We look forward to having you on maybe next year and we'll check in and see what's happening then too. Also. Sounds good, John. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. You've been listening to Autobahn Country Club Podcast, where your host, club member John Graybill, opens the doors to America's premier auto sports club. Join us next time for Autobahn Country Club Podcast. <laughs>